1: Thank you for joining me today. As I'm going to be having my friend Ann Peterson with us today, and I'm Danielle Bernack from DanielleBernack.com. Love yourself from survive to thrive. That lady on the internet who loves you. And I'm so excited to share my friend Ann with you. She is an author, a speaker, and a poet. And she is no stranger to trauma and you get to hear her story of all the things she's overcome and what has helped her to do that. So let me get her in here with us. Here comes Anne. <laughs> So thank you, Anne, for joining us today. I'm so excited to hear your story and to share you and your poetry with, with my audience. I just thank you for, for joining me on my, my live today.
2: I am honored to be here. Thank you, Danielle, for the invitation.
1: Oh, you're welcome. And. For those of you who are uh, meeting Anne for the first time, Anne and I met to, on a group called Tribe Writers, so our writing is something that we have shared together, and Ann, as I mentioned to you in her intro, she is no stranger to trauma. She has survived childhood trauma and trauma in her adulthood, and so Anne, can you share with the audience a little bit of what, your, what kind of trauma you have been through so that they
2: can they can understand. God doesn't let us choose the tools that he uses. And for me, one of the tools that he has used over and over again is loss, pain and loss. In my childhood, it was um, abusive pain in that uh, we were hit. And so my relationship with my father was an authoritarian one. And then we had one loss after another. Lost my mother when I was 16. My wow. dad when I- 24. And then six years later, my sister disappeared. And I have lost two of my three brothers. So loss wow. is one that God uses again and again in my life.
1: Wow. Yeah, loss is a heavy thing to deal with. That's a lot of losses. Wow. And you said as a child, you were abused and, and beaten in that how did you cope as a child with that authoritarianism and the, uh, the physical abuse? How did you cope as a child?
2: I think what I did is I kind of climbed inside myself. Mm -hmm. I was scared. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, in in my adult life, that has manifested itself in that buttons get pressed. I struggle with uh, PTSD. And if I'm ever feeling powerless, those buttons are pressed. And I I might look like an adult before somebody, (laughs) but I am that child again. I remember one time in particular, I got a ticket. And I started crying and the officer said, it'll be okay. It'll probably just be a couple hundred. And I said, no, you don't understand. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And I was that child again
1: for those. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hard. I've been through that. That's really hard. It's one of the things that when I talk with people about their childhood trauma and they dismiss it as nothing, it's like they are, but they're looking at it at how old they are now not at how old they were when it happened. And like what you just said, when you got triggered, you were that child again. You weren't the adult, you were the child again. And that's, that's the things that we need to address to heal and to bring about a
2: different outcome in our lives, right? Absolutely. And I would say that depending on how overpowered you feel, that's an mm-hmm. indication of how young you were when the abuse occurred. That's one wow. thing that I've seen.
1: Wow. Well, One of the things that you mentioned to me, too, is you said that you are a highly sensitive child. Is that something that you um, have said because you feel like you are sensitive or there are a, there's there's actually a thing called highly sensitive people out there? And I'm not sure if you were um, speaking to that or because I'm also very sensitive. I, I read that book about highly sensitive people and I don't want to carry the title, but I I'm not going to let go of my sensitivity because I had to learn to embrace that. So can you speak to that, that sensitivity aspect?
2: I think that one of, the, one of the phrases that I heard most of my life is, stop that crying. What's the matter with you? And so I am, my picture should be in the dictionary right next to highly sensitive person, right along with yours. My picture should be there because that's all I heard. And, and I was feeling bad growing up. Like, what's wrong with me? And yet yeah. that's one of the very things that God has used in enabling me to have empathy for, for other people.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Being sensitive isn't, isn't something that's wrong with us. It's a gift.
2: It's how it I'm wired. Yeah. And, to, and to, to be upset about how I'm wired is to question the one that wired me. And I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you know, well, once we learn it.
1: that, before we learn that, before we learn how much he loves us, we do, we, we attack ourselves because that's what children do, right? Because under that authoritarian, you felt attacked, right? So you just hopped right on there as a child, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Children blame themselves, but children are never to blame for their
2: trauma. <laughs> well, that is a great line. That is the truth. And we need to be sensitive because the person we're talking to, they could be acting out, could uh-huh. be angry. You don't know what they've been through. Right. And usually I have found that the, the difficult people that I have come across, it makes me sensitive to the fact that I wonder what they went through. Right. That's where I go with that.
1: Yeah. Like there's that new book out, uh, What Happened to You? Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a new book by Oprah and a gentleman who co-authored it with her. And it's out there instead of what's wrong with you it's what happened to you. And uh-huh. that's, that's a question that we need to, to be asking in society instead of what's wrong with you, what happened to you? Because there's a reason you act this way because of exactly. something. <laughs> I agree.
2: I totally agree.
1: So where you? You have you said you lost your sister and as a child um, were your brothers and your sister were they were all of you abused or just you or just your sister or
2: tell me a little bit about your siblings and your sister in that um, we were we were all abused except Steve I, I don't think my dad hit Steve he was the youngest of us but I being sensitive I would start my crying when I could hear him hitting the others. Wow, and I would be in there, and it wasn't so much. Oh my gosh, I'm next. It's that I almost felt when he was hitting them. Yeah. So one day I had had my daughter, um, who was a real little bitty thing. She was born at three and a half pounds, and the neighbor was watching her, and um, and then and then the neighbor said she'd watch her while I ran an errand. So I left, and God told me to turn around and go back for some reason. So I turned around from the car, went to my neighbors. And all of a sudden, here came Jesse running to me crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I I wanted to give you a hug. And I said, I would (sighs) love a hug. And so I gave her a hug. And she went skipping off. And as I was going to the car, I thought to myself, God, what would she be like, if somebody had hurt her? like i was hurt yeah. and god clearly said like you and then i knew exactly how to raise my daughter was to say the things i wish i had heard yeah. and to be the person i wish my parents were
1: that's beautiful oh my goodness that the spirit of grace would put that in your heart to turn around to provide for her emotional need that that
2: that's just That's beyond words precious for me. (laughs) It is so God. It is so God. I, I I feel led to share this poem with your viewers. Okay. What is that you are, this is God speaking in this poem. What is that you are holding in your hand, in your fist that is closed ever tight? What is that you are purposely keeping from me? For you feel that you have the right. Don't you know, as you grow in your walk with me, I can see even things that you hide. Oh, if you only knew what's in store for you, you would open your hand so wide.
1: Yeah, if you only knew. And that's why we do that. Because we don't know. Exactly. We don't know. And so we self-protect. Self-protect is a trauma response. It's it's. Completely natural, physiological, biological. It just, and so we need the spirit of grace to coax us, to convince us, to coax us out of that hiding. There's a song out there, Come Out of Hiding. You're safe here with me. But so many places where there's toxic religion that God is not safe you know, God's going to smack you upside the head as soon as you step out of line. It's like, he's not like that, but we have to learn that. And he's so patient with us too. It's like, it's one of the things I I take great pleasure in sharing with people is about the patience of God and and that because so many people have been wounded in what they believe about him. Like you had shared with me before how, what you went through with your dad, how that, that hurt your relationship with God. Can you
2: speak to that a little bit? Sure, I figured um, how could God be loving when all I had for a model was a person that wanted things just like he wanted them. There was no questioning, there was nothing. You, you just do it because I said so. Uh-huh. And, and all of a sudden he could be angry, he could be gone. How could I trust God if that's all I knew of an authority? Mm -hmm. It was very difficult. But I have to say that that the Lord gives me poems and they they help me understand. And this is called The Dad I, I Needed. He fashioned me from his mind, giving me wide eyes to see, willing hands to serve and a heart to love. He took me up when my parents died, and he never stepped back. He accepted me as I am, replacing my distorted image of a father little by little. And he became the dad I never knew I always needed.
1: Amen. Amen. And so many people need that because their father figure was awful in a variety of different ways, or negative or bad. I mean, a variety of ways. I struggled in my walk with that for partially because of my dad, but other because of trauma that happened actually in the church. And I remember hearing this story of this gentleman who was uh, like, he was some minister somewhere talking to some guy about God, you know, doing some evangelism thing. And the young man said, well, so you're saying that the guy's like, like your father. And he said, yeah, he goes, well, if he's like my father, I want nothing to do with them. And that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. It's like, no, it's not like your father. <laughs> it's not like your father unless your father was like him.
2: <laughs> oh, exactly. It's, his father would have been like God had he had an, an, a heart that was open, and we don't know what his father went through. That's the yeah. thing we don't know. I have to say that. Um, I need clean. <laughs> I have to say that I didn't automatically become this loving person toward God. I was angry. I was really, really angry. And so I, I had, he had given me a poem and it's called, How Dare You, God? I stood Oh, share before, that. Share that. Thanks. I stood before an empty sky and shook my fist clenched tight. I opened up my very soul and screamed with all my might. How dare you, God? How dare you? Take everything of mine while others all around me seem so happy all the time. I've watched my loved ones disappear from in my family, and I can't take it anymore, so get away from me. With silence all around me, I wait for him to leave, like others who have disappeared when I would start to grieve. I feel his arms encircle me and hear him gently say, I know that you're upset with me, but I am here to stay.
1: That's amazing. That's, that's good. That's, that's, that's the love that gets a hold of our heart. The love that refuses to leave, the love that loves us when we can't love ourselves and we're so angry when we're just like falling apart in every way possible, when we're being ugly in every way, And he just, he just hugs us anyways. I I get this picture of a child that's having like a complete thrashing fit (laughs) and a loving parent just hugging them and they're still kicking and screaming and they just hold them until the child exhausts themselves and relaxes into that. It's like, it's like, I got you. I got you. And we need to know that because when you go through childhood trauma, you're like, nobody's got me. I got to go get myself because nobody's got me. It's how we feel.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's why we need God to pursue us. We need God to chase us down. And he does. I mean, when we're running away, he'll, he finds a way. <laughs> he finds a way. I'm just so yeah. thankful for that. So, so when did you start your writing? When did the poetry start coming?
2: I was, I was in fifth grade and they had a contest and the contest was to uh, write a creative piece and I wrote about my brother being my shadow that one wasn't a poem the poetry came not long after that but the prize was we were going to be on the radio and oh wow I got to come on the radio and and read this story called my shadow and at the very end I said it's not a shadow at all my shadow is my three-year-old brother and and I was one of the winners and so that's awesome I knew I liked writing and then as when my mother died I wrote and it was dark it was very dark because that's how I felt I didn't know Jesus personally yet I Mm -hmm. had heard about him I had been introduced to stories about him but I didn't know him until afterwards
1: wow that's awesome So how did you come out of the the trauma and start thriving? How did the Lord find you? What are the things that you did that brought you out of the darkness, as you called it, into a place of of light and what you do now? I mean, you minister to people with your writing, your poetry, your speaking. And how did you make that transition? What did you you do there?
2: God um, had somebody that I used to know in high school invite me to a Bible study. I went to the Bible study and this woman talked about how we needed Jesus and how he died for our sins. And I sat there thinking maybe sh- she needed one, but I was just doing fine. <laughs> and my pride just continued; It just clothed me completely. Well, and you were angry. I was. were angry. You had all that loss
1: and you had all that pain in the way.
2: That's right. And, and yet, Lois used to say I was like this ripe fruit and all she needed to do was lower me to the ground because the day after I sat there in all my pride, it clicked. I saw it. I saw that when he died on the cross, it was for me. And that if I was the only person in the world, he still would have died. And so on the way home from my friend, my friend's car it's raining and I'm saying, isn't it great? And he's thinking, I don't know what he's thinking. And I, I saw it. I saw that I was saved I called Lois and they said that was one of the biggest miracles because I got her the day after she has bible study she turns her phone off but I got her, and I said I can say it I'm saved I know I'm going to heaven as a religious girl I hoped but now I knew Mm -hmm. and that changed everything (coughs) everything that's
1: awesome so um how did that help you with losses going forward? Because I know that after that time, when you went, when does the Bible study fall in line of the timeline with your sister disappearing? You'd mentioned that, and I know that you lost your granddaughter, Livy. Where where's the timeline, and how did how did this new revelation and your writing help you?
2: Well, when I when I knew the Lord personally, then it that was a, a it was about right before my father died. So that was the first loss I had where I wasn't alone. And then after that, six years later, my sister disappeared. And we didn't know what happened to her. And what's
1: that story? Why don't you stop here and unpack that story a little bit? Your sister disappeared? What happened?
2: My sister disappeared. She had just written me and told me this letter is going to shock you, but I'm getting a divorce. And it did shock me, so I called her and as I was on the phone with her, she said, I can't talk now, he's harassing me again. And I could hear him in the background taunting her. And I got I said, I love you, I'll pray. And I got off the phone, ran to my friends, cried out my heart, and then I went back home because I wasn't wasn't peaceful anywhere. How could you be? I was 2000 miles away from her. Why were we, why was my husband in the army? Why couldn't I be there? I felt helpless. Mm-hmm. And when I when and later that night, she called and she talked for 10 minutes, true to Peggy style. She didn't want to run up the bill. And then I, I hung up and I called her back and said, now it's my dime. Talk. Now, then she talked for an hour. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but she she told me she told me what was going on. She told me that he had once put a knife to her throat. She told he, me her husband, her, her husband? husband,
0: her okay. husband.
2: She told me things that made my stomach tie in knots oh, wow. because I, I couldn't do anything, but she was also relieved. She said, I called the police. I wish I would have known how easy it was. And the police were there. What I didn't know was one of my brothers was there in the next room. He had come. So I felt much better. Two days later, I get another call. She's gone. No one knows where. Wow. And then we lived not knowing for years. Years? All of a sudden, God started giving us answers to our many, many questions. And we actually had her missing person case revert changed to a possible homicide. And wow. he was arrested. And we went to trial. But he was found not guilty. It was 25 years at that time after she had been gone.
1: 25 years?
2: Yes. It is now. Wow. It will be It is 39 years since my sister died. I have to tell your viewers this one story. I was coming home from a homicide group. Mm -hmm. I was so tormented by the enemy. If God loves you, why did he let her die? All of this was going through my mind. And I just pulled off the side of the road and pounded on the steering wheel and screamed out. The pain was intense. (gasps) And God said words that gave me peace then and now. He
1: said,
2: what say? and I was with her. And that's what I needed to know. And I believe that when she took her last breath, just like he was there for her first breath, when she took her last breath, God carried her to heaven. Wow. We never recovered her body, but I know where she is. Wow.
1: Wow. So I want to stop here and just speak to my listeners that if you are in a situation where you are being abused by your spouse, whether you are male or female, call the police, get help. Don't stay there. And if you need someone to help, it's not the police yet. I know someone that that's what they do. You reach out to me and I will connect you with my friend who helps people get out of those situations because she escaped herself. So if you are in this situation, don't stay there, please, for your own well-being. If it's just mentally, emotionally, and maybe even physically, because as we know from Anne and her sister's story, her sister, she didn't make it out. And so we want to stop here and address you. Please, if you are in trouble, do something about it. Take courage and do something about it so you can get free. Yep. Now, Ann and her daughter are working on a documentary on this very thing, too. So stay tuned. Once that thing gets out, I'll be able to share that, too. So um, anyways, Ann, you, I want you to share your tagline of your website because I think it is just so beautiful. It fits who you are. And I want people to, to come to your, your website and 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 get ministered to by you and then share something about your books too. What's your tagline?
2: My tagline is, life is hard. I write words to make it softer.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that because words of encouragement are so important, words are containers and those containers that you deliver to people, they, it's like they're hugs in letter form. <laughs>
2: Exactly, exactly. Can I share another pump? Yes. This is called Standing There. I was afraid to walk into my pain, but I saw you standing there. Your arms opened wide so I'd slip right inside. I could feel how much you care. My tears fell like rain again and again, but you gathered them all as you felt all my pain. I know who you are, for you've never been far. I know that you care, for you've always been there. And though I may hurt all the weight of my soul, you are the one who has felt every hole. And so I will go into pain, for I know you'll always be standing there.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, it's just, he, he goes into your pain with you. That that speaks to the, a quote of mine that I found, I find all over the internet, it's, it's gone viral. But in the last week I found two memes It's two organizations have made of it because part of it is uh, about the silent screams in our soul. And it talks about entering the pain, someone entering the pain and hearing the screams. And it's about that validation, that poem you just shared about him entering the pain so you don't have to enter the pain alone so
2: when i was crying out to the lord it was 1994 two o'clock in the morning and god gave me this poem and i have learned you get up and you write it you don't wait (laughs) last night my sadness woke me up and i sobbed uncontrollably the world was sleeping so i turned to the lord for conversation i feel like i'm getting my life together lord except for these holes The losses I have had have left these holes in me and now my life keeps seeping out the holes. I tried filling the holes with all kinds of things, busyness, food, sympathy from others, but nothing works. And the grief from memories past enveloped me again. And I sat rocking myself, holding myself, trying to give comfort to my pain, wanting to gain understanding. This pain sure hurts, Lord. And then as early morning came, I heard him softly call my name. With nail-scarred hands outstretched to me, he said so very tenderly, I have holes too. And then I knew he understood as no one could.
1: Wow. I love that. I have holes too. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Wow. So you have 15 books you had said. Do you have any of them with you or? Oh, look at all those. And what are the titles of some of them? Share a couple of them with our viewers and and say the title of it.
2: Broken, the story of abuse, survival, and hope. Oh,
1: that's your personal story, isn't it?
2: Yes. And another memoir that I put out last year is called Always There. And you can guess who that's about. (laughs) And also I'll just point out he whispers and they are poetic conversations with God. Oh, that's beautiful. That's how he talks to me. I was so excited to find out the translation for um, the verse. And I think it's Ephesians said that you are my poem. When we're his masterpiece, I'm his poem. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Sometimes different translations, they deliver stuff like that. It's like I found something in Ephesians also in the Passion Translation, where it talks about the Holy Spirit being our pledge or whatever, our seal, which sounds like, what are you talking about? But in the Passion (laughs) Translation, Says he's our engagement ring. Uh,
2: yes, I love <laughs> it. I mean that is
1: just so beautiful, and that's because he loves us so much. And that that love—that's I'm that lady on the internet who loves you and who loves the people who are listening. You, all my listeners, I love you. That's why, because that love it, it comes through me. I love because he loves me, and Absolutely. that's we need yeah. that love. It's what we live on, like breath, like breathing.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I write. That's why you write. Because uh-huh. we we're supposed to share it. God comforted us, not so we'll be comfortable, but that we would be comforters. Mm-hmm. That's our purpose. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, anything you'd, where, where can people connect
1: with you? What is, where's your website located? Where can they get your books? How can people connect with you?
2: Well, thanks to my technical son, my website is my name, annpeterson.com. Put an E at the end of Ann because I spell it with an E, Peterson.com. On Facebook, they can, they can have, um, Ann Peterson writes, I believe it is for Facebook, but we'll, we'll put the links up for them because my <laughs> head is turning into mush right now, but we'll put the links up for them. <laughs> and, and also, her. I just want them to know that after my sister's story, which is broken, that's my story in there too, and after the hard books, then children's books came out of me. So if you're a grandma or a mom, check out my children's books. You can go to my Amazon page and check out all those things.
1: Hey, probably just Google your name and find you all over the place. Can't we?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me too. That's because we want, we, want, we want to spread this love. So,
2: yeah. Well, thank you for being with me today, Anne. Thank you so much. I I feel honored that you invited me. So thank you, Danielle.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today with me and Anne. I hope you enjoyed her poetry. I know I did. And I don't know if you had to grab a Kleenex, too. I was about starting to cry and trying not to, so I didn't have to go blow my nose or anything. But it's just such a that he...